0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Deep podcast, brought to you in part by Tazzini Media. I'm your host, Steve Samino, senior writer at com, and with us, as always, is executive editor Andrew Johnson.
1: Hello, Andrew. Hey, Steve. I'm still alive.
0: Welcome back. You're back <laughs> from the from the depths.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I guess we were talking about... We've talked about Al Pacino a lot, so it'll be good to not, not talk about him for... A little while,
0: yeah. We've had a little time off, but we're back. We're together again, which is delightful because you Mm -hmm. know, the rapport is just not the same with with special guests. I need my Andrew, and I'm very happy (laughs) you returned to me, so thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, do what I can.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And today, we're here with an interesting topic, too. I mean, if you know, we haven't touched on it that much, unfortunately, because we've been so busy this summer, but this hasn't exactly been the most wonderful summer at the cinema. There's been a couple hits and a lot of misses, and I you know, if we're ever gonna pick a summer to take a little time off from talking, <laughs> it probably was a good choice, inadvertently.
1: Yeah, I, I gotta say I don't feel like I'm missing too much uh uh at the box office these days. It's obviously harder for me to get there and uh uh I guess there's some solace in that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not. Honestly, I couldn't think of a single thing that you couldn't just catch later that you would enjoy any yeah. less. So yeah. that's good. But while you're home with your child, you have a chance to watch the thing we're going to talk about today, which is Stranger Things, the Netflix show that was a buzz the entire last couple months, took everybody with streaming services by storm, and, you know, sort of touches on a lot of. It's clearly inspired by 80s and, you know, and cinema of that era and is certainly begs the question as to what is the difference these days so i think that's something we're excited to talk about and yeah, I, I mean it's it's certainly the hot topic and i don't really know what the answer is what it like everything starts to the lines start to blur and should we even care i mean i guess we'll we'll debate it all
1: yeah well the fact that we're sitting here talking about it on a movie blog and podcasts, i guess kind <laughs> of answers the question but uh that's to some degree but yeah it's it's an interesting it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting question we're gonna find ourselves having to answer in the next five or ten years. You know what?
0: Yeah, because this, um, so I'm sure most people who listen to this podcast, I imagine, are, have seen or probably heard of Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, it's created by the two guys called the Duffer Brothers, and. They um, were, and it's executive produced by Sean Levy, who is the Knight of the Museum guy, as most people <laughs> would probably know him. So it has a little bit of oomph behind it, but and it, it really came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like I mean, I don't think I heard of it until it had premiered, and the buzz started happening. Yeah. Did you?
1: No, no, yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I mean, you know, Netflix is like it puts out so many shows, um, yeah. and uh, and and they do it so you know algorithmically, right? They 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 kind of I think part of their business model is to try and is not necessarily to have this big crossover hit, but to really have a lot of shows that small groups of people are really passionate about. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I kind of, because of that, I just kind of ignore, I figure, you know, pop culture will tell me when something's worth seeing. And
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Certainly. It did. It matters enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Certainly it did this summer though. You know, that's just stranger things was all of a sudden it was, people were talking about it and uh... yeah
0: it's and it's you know it's very interesting as well because you know anyone who's seen it and even if you have you know are a younger age and i'm not i think neither one of us was particularly you know conscious in the 80s when some of the movies that this sort of harkens right. back to came out but right. it obviously is a um callback in a lot of ways to goonies to um to et in particular to spielberg movies across the board to you know to stand by me to a lot of stuff with you know kids going on adventures with supernatural elements to it and i mean it apes those things pretty well and pretty consistently and i think one of the reasons it has you know been so talked about is it does that job with a lot of heart behind it, as right. opposed to some other, you know, recreations of a similar sort that don't that go for the style elements and try and tell similar stories, but don't really have the the real genuineness behind it that this that this show, for whatever reason, happens to have.
1: Yeah, there's uh, there's there's originality even in all of the uh, the the aping of, of different beats, and and the beats are yes, Spielberg and um, some Stephen King movies are certainly the biggest sort of influences, but you even get like Alien in there and and some other some other I mean it's it's just it if you grew up with 80s movies which I think we both did even though yes when they were actually coming out in the theaters we certainly weren't there for like uh the release of Aliens or anything like that but um you know we grew up with those movies and um you know
0: yeah it's that's funny you say about Alien though because like I didn't get this at all when I was watching but you, you and I talked about this before and 11, the young girl in this, the you know, the supernatural young girl, she does look like the Sigourney Weaver thing is really right there and they're staring you in the face and I missed it entirely when I watched it. So that's great. Yeah.
1: And it's this amalgamation of different things that somehow manages to be like, like all its own. Um, it doesn't feel like wholesale theft, uh, you know, no, not at all. It's yeah. And you know, we talked about like, you know, one of the, one of the things we've, we've, that obviously, you can compare it to as like Super Eight, you know, which is like a J.J. Abrams, Spielberg love note. But this feels just so much more itself, you know, rather than like a, a tribute yeah. uh, to 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 other you know other movies. And like you know, in some degree, that's that's key when you're doing something like this. When you're when you're gonna take so many influences and put them together, um, is that it is its own thing. Because if you're just doing a tribute. Uh, you might as well just go back and watch the original movie right <laughs>
0: it 's weird that you say that I just thought about this now Abrams has really made such a career at least in movies of of doing tributes to previous works too like every almost his last like you know I know he had a lot of done' done a lot of creative things before that, and it's no one really hates the stuff he 's done, but but it really does all concern a previous franchise or a previous era and in almost in to a movie or to a you know creation lacks the heart. 100% of the original, even though people liked the Star Trek, but I think everyone would agree. It was, We people liked it because they didn't hate it. You know, people liked it because it yeah. did a decent job and had good actors in it, but it certainly wasn't the same. And, and it's, I think it's impossible to get, to that place and but it's interesting that the Duffer brothers here with Stranger Things have you know taken the same route but sort of managed to infuse some of the stuff there that that people like J.J. J. Abrams for all their success can't really snag just yet. well there was a
1: great article one of the many many articles written when um, the last Star Wars movie came out The Force Awakens came out and it was sort of comparing um, the way J.J. J. Abrams uh, obviously you know he took Force Awakens basically like I wouldn't call it a shot for shot remake of of uh of a new hope but it, it it's it's certainly steals a lot from that um, mm-hmm. and then I talked about that versus George Lucas who stole who who stole liberally from other influences but did it more in the way that the duffer brothers did it right so like yeah. you know the the Edgar rice Burroughs John Carter stuff but then he was also taking. Um, you know all these different all these different influences Carousel, from all uh, yeah, like... exactly and, and combining them um, and that's to me the difference and that's why Stranger Things works so well right it 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 takes all these influences and you know like a like a like fusion cuisine you know it sort yeah. of mixes them <laughs> up and, and and makes something better you know than than uh, than you know you know someone you know it's it's like the difference between like Asian fusion versus like. Uh, you know, American Chinese food or something like like, Oh, it's the same. We use the same ingredients. We
0: make it in the same pot. What's the difference? And it's like, well, you're just, you're clinically following a recipe. You're not really putting any thought into it. I think that's actually a pretty good comparison. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because Stranger Things too, because, like you said, Netflix doesn't doesn't seem like their strategy is to go for these major hits. It sort of seems like they stumbled into this one, and it's when you when you think about the cast and how they put it together, like it's it's not surprising that it was such a hit. But the only person anyone has really heard of, Winona Ryder, is right. the is the mother of uh, Will, the the kid who gets lost and sets the whole thing going, and yeah. she's great. She's she's got a one note sort of character that she plays really well and it's almost as if like they knew this was a good spot for her because she was going to act the shit out of this you know these scenes that where she's basically just screaming for her son over and over and over again in new and exciting ways but the rest of it is just like it's just really adorable kids that are really good at hamming it up and they, they can be emotive too and they can get you excited and and like you know everyone in it is is has it's it's very true to life in terms of like Childhood interactions Like I remember the way End And there will be Some light spoilers here So if you haven't seen it Sorry But at the end, when they're like they're celebrating, you know, this adventure they went on, and they, you know, Will just was literally came back from the dead or from the dead world, and they're all in the, ho- the hospital room yelling about how much fun they had and what like crazy mm-hmm. adventure it is. I thought that was really great. Like, I think that's sort of how kids do look at the world. Is you can't imagine. Like, they had to deal with these harsh realities, and they and they had to at least consider dying a little bit. But once it was all over, it was like a fun game they had. Like, I think their little their little brains couldn't probably wrap their heads entirely around it anyway. <laughs> and, I thought that was really good.
1: Yeah, and it's it's uh you know I I kept sort of I think cuz again and we'll get into the TV show versus movie discussion but because this was a TV show I I guess nominally uh I kept and and the great the this golden age of TV we, we live in is so dotted with like anti-heroes and um uh, bad things that happen to beloved characters, you know, whether it's Game of Thrones or Mad Men or Breaking Bad or Sopranos, whatever. Um, I there were a lot of moments in Stranger Things where I just really kept thinking something bad was going to happen to one of these characters that you really, you really love. Um, I guess I'm I guess I'm saying Barb isn't a character you really love, but uh, <laughs> oh, but, uh, Don't but tell the internet that. yeah, yeah. But, but um, I I appreciated that it didn't it it didn't like sort of fall into that trap. It was like a pleasant like breath of fresh air. You know, there was it it's, it straddled the line so well between sentimentality and saccharine and it had so much authenticity and and sort of heart to it, even while it was sort of you know liberally borrowing from from these different influences. That you know that's one of the reasons it, it's it just it was so effective
0: yeah and i mean i've told this story before too and definitely to you but i mean it reminds me of in boyhood and richard link boyhood yeah. where there's the scene where the kids are throwing the razor blades around in in the abandoned house and people came up to him afterwards and said they were really nervous that the kids were going to hurt each other and he <laughs> remarks that he was amazed that anyone thought that because yeah. why would these kids get hurt like it's just but we're so tuned in a lot of ways especially like you said with the current state of television and this being a, you know, a show consumed as a television show is, even though it's not on TV, but semantics. But we ex- sort of expect the unexpected or, or expect, like, on Game of Thrones, anything bad could happen to anybody. And th- But that would be so out of character with this show. And I think this show, really, the Duffer brothers really knew what they were trying to do, and they had a confidence to them. And I think that really shines through in, in every part of it. Is Could it maybe, did it need to be eight episodes long? Maybe not. Like, it probably could have been cut down. There's probably a little extra, but... But it it still is, you know, really fun, really entertaining and really well done, you know, popcorn style show. And I think that's, you know, exactly what they're going for. It apes what they were their influences. And it's just it, it does really stand out from a lot of the other things that we're treated to now from a tele, on television.
1: Yeah. And it's not like a I wouldn't say it's like it's like an awe inspiring piece of art, uh, you know, like. <laughs> uh, but it is it is extremely it's extremely polished it's extremely cinematic and i think it's also the type of thing that like like those great spielberg movies that i i think you could say the same thing about a lot of them um that they're not maybe superb like it's not like a a felini film or something like that they are like so eminently rewatchable like i can totally see myself Easily rewatching the first season of Stranger Things, like before the next one comes out, yeah. um and and so that's for for what it is. It's like it's it's an A for me. So so yeah, I was
0: I was I was really David Harbor, the guy who plays the sheriff. He was yeah he was tremendous. Great. You it's know, great. co I've heard so many people say coffee morning is for coffee and contemplation. That's a brilliant <laughs> little introduction. Yeah. Being such a lovable drunk, like you got to yeah. love the lovable drunk cop. That's not a character that exists yeah. anymore for obvious reasons. Yeah. But yeah. So, but let's talk about what, like, how this, how we consume this show, how, you know, we, it, how it differs from a movie, like, I, you know, what, what that difference will be down the line, because I think that's a really interesting takeaway here is, you know, it's, it's, again, it's cliche to say it. It sounds like we're writing a clickbait for the AV club or Vulture, but this was sort of the, the entertainment of the summer, I would say. Like, it was, yeah. I, you know, all the big budget movies, that all the $200 million, $300 million they spent, the, at least from like a people in our generation who you know have streaming services and consume the entertainment the way we do, this got a lot more buzz than that did, and and so it's just. But it's, but what is? Do we need to be so delineative in the future? Do we need to say this is this and that is that? Obviously, that's weird for us because we, you and I both love going to the movies, but. I also watched a movie called *Embrace of the Serpent* uh, about a month ago. I missed it because it was a foreign film and it was in theaters for maybe a week, even in DC. And I what streamed it, and it was wonderful. I really enjoyed it, and it didn't take. I mean, would I've loved to see it in a theater? Yeah, but ultimately, I don't. I don't hold it against myself or the movie for watching it that way. But at what? But just because this is longer, does that mean it's different? Like you know, it's just because it's cut up into different size parts. Like I think it's going to be a really interesting question going forward: is how we sort of classify everything.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple a couple thoughts about that, right? Like one, I well, one I think you and I are probably going to be both fairly small l liberal on this, um, and not really care. Like it's it's entertainment on a screen, and I think the lines are just just getting blurred more and more um but then the whole netflix thing or the netflix amazon prime whatever it poses an interesting conundrum because um they're they're Obviously, episodic in structure, you go into the menu and you, there's episode one through eight sitting there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you, which gives you like a convenient bookmark to sort of leave off. And a lot of the episodes on these shows are, are like they would be on a on a TV show. You know, they kind of end with a, a cliffhanger or yeah, you ta-da! know, yeah, yeah. Um, That's the sound of a cliffhanger. <laughs> I'll put in a real sound effect later. <laughs> uh, but you know. But we also know that Netflix shows are like the whole binge watching phenomenon is 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 real. And so, like, I mean, that and it's like binge watching in and of itself, like sort of blurs the lines between um, between a movie and a television because aren't, you know. I mean, every movie you see, pretty much, you binge watch, uh, unless it's <laughs> true. unless it's an Al Pacino movie that's three hours long. Like we've had to do the last. I got last an few hour of
0: heat left as we see. It. Yeah. Uh,
1: so when it's when it's meant to be binged like that uh, is is uh, maybe it's more. I mean, I don't know. I'm like I, I feel like we're having a working session here, but like maybe it's more of a movie anyway because it's meant to be watched almost like all in one stretch, and then. The, the episodic breaks are really just there to give you, um, you know, a convenient <laughs> stopping point. Yeah, uh, like
0: intermission. Go go to the pee. Go get a soda.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I don't I, – I do the – the only other thing I'll say, and then I'll I'll shut up and let you talk, but it, <laughs> is that, is that uh, I, even though I think the lines are being blurred and I certainly am someone who's going to be spending a lot of time at home with a small child uh, in the next – five years or so um, all that said, I do really think there's tremendous value in going to see something in a movie theater. Cause I do think it's just a different experience. Uh, you just consume it in a different way. And so uh, the theater itself, the building, right. Is the, the size of the screen, the total darkness that, mm-hmm. that is, that is I, I do think that is still something that defines movies, but you know, because of the nature of the business, because of the pe- way people consume them, I don't know that that's. I don't know what that's going to be like in five or ten years. I mean, it's already changing. With you know, the, the there are fewer movies that that get these broad releases. They stay in the theater longer. They're safer movies, you know. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think I mean, and there's probably pop culture historians and cinematic historians who can answer this better than we can even. But it seemed to me the difference, you know television for so long was just sort of a clunky cheap medium and movies, you you know, obviously you get $10 or $5 whatever it was for your two hour viewing experience. You go to a place, you get some popcorn, like it was just a whole more of an event. Nowadays you, you know, you pay $10 a month for your Netflix, you get a bevy of viewing options. The technology in turn, the money seems, you know, close enough. Now the technology is caught up. So it looks great. No matter where you're watching it on a big screen or on a little screen in your house, and But you're right, I mean, the external aesthetics of going to the theater will never, you know, be topped, and that'll never go away, I'm sure, but we do probably need to get used to it, and not necessarily in a bad way at all, consuming a lot of entertainment in this way, because it is convenient and it looks pretty good and like frankly it's really all about the stories that are being told like right, right. it's all just fancy window dressing for telling a story right so in that sense you know it, it, it will be tough to give it up every now and then and like as i'm hope i'm i'm thankful to live in a big city and or hopefully yeah. nearby a big city for quite a while so i have access to these sort of things no matter what but it definitely does sort of I think this is not the first sign, but one of, you know, this um, thing that's, you know, like House of Cards is a big show for Netflix. Orange is the New Black. But those are TV shows and in, in like the right. stories they tell and the way they're presented, right. they're sort of soapy and a little pulpy and like, you know, they, they they sort of fit the mold of what you expect from television. This this certainly presents itself as more like a movie. And I think, you know, even if you can't put that into words, I think you can tell by seeing it that that's kind of what they're going for. So it'll be interesting how, if that idea sort of changes, maybe it's a confidence thing, maybe it's a technology thing, just a storytelling device. Like, I'm not sure what exactly that will be down the line, but that does seem to be, there seems to be a step in that direction.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the, it's funny, The other, the other thing that came out this summer that I think, poses the same conundrum. And I saw it even, like, with the coverage uh, on, like, different sites you mentioned, so AV Club and whatever, whatever other sites, was um, the O.J. Made in America documentary that both you and I saw. Yeah. Which, which is... Or even, like, Making a Murderer for... Like, it's just a long documentary. So that's another one where it's like is this really tv i I don't know i mean maybe we need another word for it that would clear everything (laughs) up or maybe you know we'll just sort of make a you know make a I know i I know pornography when i see it sort of judgment you know i know i know a movie when i see it and and that's how we handle it but i don't know maybe maybe we're overthinking this because it's it's what we spend our our free time doing but but it's it's interesting to me. So
0: yeah, exactly. And I think you know, like you said, for, for the for the immediate future, nothing is gonna really gonna change in that drastic of a way. And it will be probably nerds like us who are the ones who give a shit. And yeah. regular people like my my you know my nearly sixty year old dad is just gonna watch whatever he doesn't care. Like he just wants to be entertained. So he's gonna spend his hard earned dollars on whatever serves that purpose. But. <laughs> but he also loves the movies so i mean i guess that will change in a way but i still think yeah it'll be it'll be more about just you know naming conventions and and dis- and deciding what belongs in what bucket for a little while i bet
1: yeah Hey, speaking of, of parents, I, my parents are coming down this weekend for a visit. Would, is yeah. this something you would rec- – a show you would recommend to your parents? I was kind of thinking about it, and I'm like, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. Well, I know that both – your your wife and my
0: girlfriend both considered it to be scary. Yeah. So, I mean, I think – it and it definitely has scary elements. So, I think that that would turn it off immediately from people who – because the first 10 minutes are yeah. pretty, pretty spooky for sure. So, I could oh. see that just scaring anybody away. So, if your mom doesn't like – you know horror or even like close to horror i'd probably say nay but i mean it's hard to say like i don't i won't i wouldn't recommend it to my dad over like narcos i think you might like narcos more yeah but i think if he sat down and watched it he'd be entertained i really do
1: i just i was just sort of imagining it i think it'd just be a hard pitch because yeah. like I, even though my parents were the ones who you know obviously like had me watch indiana jones or et for the first time. I don't think those movies mean the same thing to them as they do to yeah. me. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I, I don't know. I was like imagining, it's like, like E.T. And I'd yeah. I they be like, yeah, we liked E.T., but I don't really need to see a TV show. About it so <laughs> I don't know.
0: I think that's how they would take it too. I think my selling point would be it's ET on TV, and my dad would be like, "I don't understand what that means." You <laughs> instantly turn me off somehow. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Or I'd say it's a bunch of kids running around the woods, and he'd be like, "Why would I want to watch a bunch of kids in the woods?" And I'd say, yeah. "I don't know. Yeah. Why yeah. do you want to watch that?"
1: Well, I wasn't really sure I wanted to watch it when I first heard about it.
0: <laughs> then everyone uh, see, and I think that's sort of an interesting dynamic too. Is this the whole like Netflix consuming? generation of people like we it's we all most people I would say most people who watch a lot of Netflix or streaming services, also check websites and are on the internet a lot and plugged into the conversation. So it's, this kind of thing can pick up like wildfire, maybe not with the broader audience, but with, you know, the people who have it, obviously, it's all interconnected in that way. Like you read on a site, train your things is good. You pop it on your phone, you pop it on your TV, you watch it like, it just is so easy to instantly interact with this thing that people are bragging about or saying it's really good. I think that's like a whole new world too, is how everyone having the same conversation with each other while watching this show, like right. because they heard about it five minutes ago. Like I think that's a new dynamic to keep an eye on and and ponder slash fear as well is how right. that's going to change our consuming habits. Yep. We'll see. It's, but but again, the, the most important thing, in my opinion, I think probably yours as well, is just good solid entertainment. And you know, you love for things to be high art, and some things certainly are. And hopefully, at least from a cinematic perspective, more things this year will be. But this does do a really good job of keeping you entertained. Everyone, you know, it's it's nice to see something that isn't so big and over promoted do well, as opposed to like something shoved down your throat. As most big summer movies are, and cough, there, cough, Suicide squad <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Oh, god yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you missed that. you should be so lucky that you didn't have to watch that or think yeah. about it that much at yeah. all yeah good luck. uh yeah well i mean it's
1: it is in, it is kind of interesting too that this show in particular took off. I'm not giving a hot take here, but uh you know it it's it's sort of elusive of the uh uh the summer blockbusters of yore, and uh here we are in a summer where the i'm not saying these are correlated really but uh but here we are in a summer where the the blockbusters have basically fallen flat since captain america and uh and the big the big uh the big hit happens to be this nostalgic yeah throwback
0: and you hope and and we've said this a million times before you hope that there's a lesson learned from somebody on that that the scale doesn't always have to be massive to be a hit like it's if you do something right and good then you're, you're you're you know it's still a roll of the dice at that point, but that's a usually a key element in getting something to be successful. So hopefully that's the takeaway a lot of people not not like be scary or evoke a previous generation, yeah. but just tell a good goddamn story. There's only there's only so many stories like there's not that many types of stories to tell, but there's so many variations. Just like take something that is solid and works and just put some heart and thought into it. Like it's not easy, but there's people who can do it, and I hope that they just get the chance. Like the Duffer Brothers did to to get you know get their shot.
1: Well, and that's the beauty of Netflix too, right? Yeah, that, that's true. It opens up way many, way more. You know, they can take a chance. Uh, whereas you know, even a, even a TV network. I mean, forget about the broadcast networks, but even a even a network like AMC and FX and HBO has to be measured. I mean, they only have so much airtime. You know, yep. so so they have to they have to they have to have a certain threshold of success, right? Whereas Netflix, you know, they can, they can bomb a show, you know, it doesn't like, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really hurt them to do, to do that in the same way it does. There's less opportunity costs, I guess. Yeah. And again,
0: that stinks to be a film critic or a TV critic because you have so much shit on your plate, but it does help the ones of us who just wait for a good thing and then start watching it. (laughs) It's, It's a good time for that for sure.
1: Yeah, and that's who this is all for. It's so not for the critics. So.
0: That's right. Yeah, all you nerdos like us who are listening to this probably have a similar mindset. And hey, we're in we're in an interesting era. So that's always good to know.
1: Indeed, blurred lines.
0: Yes, sir. All right, what can we plug, Andrew, as we head out here? The inrealdeep.com. I don't think we should send people there right <laughs> now. Here's what everyone uh, should do. Everyone should listen uh, to all the episodes of our podcast. Go back. We, enjoy yeah. some out we're gonna have a new we're gonna st- try and turn the stream back on at this point i yeah. think um now that the weddings are wrapping up and the world is hopefully slowing down for both of us we're yeah. gonna try and start consuming some more entertainment of all sorts so hopefully yeah. that will lead to more opportunities to listen to our glowing voices
1: yeah the podcast and the, the site will be back in better shape soon and i i uh well we will have there is stuff there if you can find it uh uh but you know pardon our dust in the meantime uh yeah. i've got We're a not tax... going away this is not yeah.
0: this is just a this is a brief respite and then we'll be back yeah. creating content for everybody
1: No, uh, yeah we've got taxi driver and then you've got an, uh, i know a ton of stuff uh, a lot of good
0: stuff hunt for the wilder people if anyone has not seen hunt for the wilder people i highly recommend that i'm heard. not sure if it's still in theaters but if you missed it it's it's one of the best things i've seen this whole year and i think that uh
1: yeah, I think it's coming out on, on like DVD and streaming in a couple couple weeks, actually.
0: Oh, good. That's fantastic. <coughs> we'll to see that. And you should go see, I don't know if this is out yet, but Wiener, if you get a chance to see Wiener, that yes. has been in the news again lately for a lot of, there's a great, I I, wrote, I think it's a pretty good review of it on the site. Yeah. And it's a true. the most interesting movie I think I've seen this year and crazy relevant to what's going on these days. And with talk about privacy and what people should share with the media. And then just this guy and his wife who was <laughs> intimately tied to Hillary Clinton. It's just endlessly fascinating.
1: Yes. Well, the news itself is fascinating. So <laughs> yeah, I can't, I, I can't wait to catch that one. I did see it's on uh, it's available for rent now. So uh, there
0: you go. That's good. Yeah. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, as always, thank you for listening. I'm Steve Samino. And
1: I'm Andrew Johnson.
0: We'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios.